appreciate our music and our, our singers so much. They're so good. Appreciate them. Uh, this past Sunday, Brother Larry Phillips preached and did such a tremendous job. Um, and I, I mentioned after the service that the Sunday before he preached, I had the exact same text laid out. And then the first three uh, words of his title were the exact same as mine. And I, I, was, I thought if he says the exact same thing I was going to say, I'm just going to fall out. You know, that's cause it'd been, it would have been awesome. But, you know, sometimes God, he, he's trying to get things across to us. I'm going to actually read from that same passage of Scripture tonight. But I'm going to preach something uh, different. Not, that, not to contradict what he preached at all. Uh, because, you know, it's amazing how many messages you can pull out of one passage of Scripture. It's like an unending source uh, in something that God had dealt with me about in that passage that I wanted to share to our people. And I, I actually really tried to find something else and dig into some other things tonight because I thought, that's just too close. I don't want anybody to think I'm trying to uh, preach over his message. I'm just going to jump in here and preach something else out of that message and so it's going to be all right Uh, so if you have your bibles you may even remember where we where we were when he began to preach to us on sunday mark chapter 10 verses 17 through 24 i'd like to say it's great to see everybody tonight glad you're in the house of the lord good to have you all of our people that are here and our visitors let's give our visitors a hand tonight we're glad you're here with us appreciate you being with us tonight Love the Lord, and you need to know that the Lord loves you. Mark chapter 10, verse 17. And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running, kneeled to him, and asked him, Good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments, do not kill. Or do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these I have observed from my youth. And then Jesus, beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. And he was sad at that saying and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked round about and saith unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answereth again and saith unto them, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? I want to preach on this tonight. I want to go back to verse 21. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, One thing thou lackest. And I want to preach for just a little bit tonight. His love is greater than your lack. His love is greater than your lack. Let's lift our hands and pray together tonight. Jesus, we thank you for your everlasting love, for your mercy and your grace tonight. And I'm thankful to be in your presence 
thankful for your word. Tonight, Lord, anoint these lips of clay. God, help me to preach to your people tonight. Let us all hear it, receive it, and be ready to meet you when you come. We ask it in Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. Give the Lord a big hand clap and shout before you're seated tonight. What a great God. Hallelujah. What a great God. You can be seated. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord tonight. His love is greater than your lack. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him, said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. Boy, Jesus gives us a good deal. And come, take up the cross, and follow me. Very early in life, whether people even, well, it may not be as prevalent in this age as it was when I was growing up and you were growing up, but very early in life, whether we were, you know, every week church attenders or not, there was one little song that we learned very early on. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And as simple as that little song is, it is true because the Word of God does tell us that. Jeremiah 31 and 3 says that the Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love, and therefore with loving kindness have I drawn thee. You see, it doesn't matter who you are or where you are, because he loves you, he's after you. He is doing what he can to draw you to him. He wants you to be in his presence. Jesus wants a relationship with you. He'd tell your neighbor, he wants to love you. He wants to have a relationship with you. And so we know, of course, we learned to quote John 3.16 very early, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And then in 1 John 4 19, we love him because he first loved us. And so we know that uh, we are at least taught it that Jesus loves us. And we know this because we read it through the scripture. We know that there's no greater love that you can have for someone but that you would lay down your life for your friend. That is exactly what Jesus did. We know that he loves us today. He loves you. Do you understand what I'm saying? So why you keep saying that? Because people don't get it sometimes. You can hear something and not receive it. You can even hear it and not believe it. But you need to understand tonight that Jesus loves you. And like Brother Larry preached about the tragedy of what might have been, there's also a tragedy in this story about uh, unrealized love. When you don't realize how much uh, Jesus actually loves you. And that's what I think that we, we misunderstand something about this love, that it is truly unconditional. The old song says, He looked past my faults and saw my needs. He saw everything that I was, everything that I had done, every place I had been that I should not have been, and he loved me anyway. And uh, this young man, this young ruler, he has this idea that uh, uh, God's going to love him because of the things that he has done. When Jesus uh, is speaking to him, 
He says, you know the commandments and begins to list them. And he says, all of these I have observed from my youth. But that wasn't why Jesus loved him. The next verse says, and Jesus beholding him, loved him. But it wasn't because, whoo, he's been good. He's done all these things, and that's why I love him. It's not about uh, his credentials that made Jesus love him. It was because Jesus loves everybody, and he loves them unconditional. He had always spoke to his people like that. In Deuteronomy 7 and 7, uh, the Lord says this, The Lord did not set his love upon you, he's talking to his people, nor choose you because you were more in number than any people, for you were the fewest of all people. He said, I didn't look at you because you were so great or so many. Uh, Matter of fact, you were lacking uh, me. (laughs) He called Abraham out of a place. Abraham didn't know who God was. And Abraham, by faith, left his country, left his people, and went to the land that God told him to go. And, and God didn't choose him because he was the biggest or the richest or the, the, or the best of all the, the people in the world. He, he just chose him. And the next verse says, but because he loved you. He just loves you. But because the Lord loves you. And let me tell you, this young man comes running to Jesus, and he knows already that he is lacking But it says he loved him. Beholding him, he loved him. He loves you when you're lacking. His love makes up the difference. And this is, we say, well, that's a good message for those that are lost and those that are sinning and don't really know him. Yeah, it is. But you know what? It's good for those that think they have done everything they can do serving God. Because sometimes we're not careful. We'll make a list of all we've done and think, well, God, you ought to be blessing me because of what I've done. I've got to help me, Lord, never to have such a list that it keeps me from following you. I don't want to ever get so confident in the works that I've done that I can't follow the one who loves me. And maybe that's the lack that Jesus saw. He knew already that he, this man trusted in, in what he had done. And when it says he looked at him beholding him, that means he discerned clearly. Can I tell you tonight? That you cannot hide behind works. It said Jesus looked at him. He was beholding him. That means he could discern clearly who this guy was. Sure, he knew about all the things he had done. But he also knew about the things he was not about to do. He also knew about the place in his heart that was uh, a slave to his riches and a slave to the things that he had built up in this life. And it says, even though he knew that he lacked He loved him. Because let me tell you, it's going to take love to make a difference in your life. Because if you can't believe that God loves you, you'll quit trying. If you can't believe that he loves you, you'll walk away. This young man uh, had unrealized love in his life. He couldn't see the love coming out of his eyes. He couldn't understand that, that this was really God manifest in the flesh. And maybe all these years he thought he was really serving God, but he didn't know God. Because God was speaking to him right there. The one who was the good master. The one who was God robed in flesh. The one that wrote all those commandments that he was keeping was speaking to him. And he didn't even know him. He didn't realize who he was. And it caused him to walk away from everlasting life. Did this man find Jesus later on? I have no idea. 
I don't know what happened to him, but uh, I do know that Jesus was there and the opportunity was there and to do greater things was there. You may be doing a good job. He was doing a good job, but you can't stay in a place if Jesus is saying, you've got to follow me further. Sometimes we get bogged down in our ministries and we get so comfortable in our, our, our nest, so to speak, or our, our position, so to speak, that we think, I don't have to go any farther. But you can never accomplish everything that God wants you to do by sitting still. You cannot build up a museum of the works you've done and say, I'm just going to hang out right here. I'll dust them off. I'll keep them shiny. I'll keep them polished. But I can't even hear him saying, follow me. God was, he wasn't displeased. Jesus was not displeased with this man's service. But he's, he's come to do a new work. This is a new time. I've got to get people following me. There's a kingdom to be won. But this man couldn't see that. He couldn't understand that. In the word that Jesus used there, lackest, it means to be inferior, to fall short, be deficient, come up short, be destitute, to fall, to suffer need, to be without, to be incomplete. This is a man who had done all these things since his youth, but he was inferior because he trusted in those things. He was falling short of what God wanted because he was trusted in those things. He was deficient in what he needed to be saved because he was holding on to those things. He, he, he was destitute. He was suffering need. He was going to do without and be incomplete because he could not follow the voice of God. Let me tell you, Jesus sees you and he sees me and he knows where we lack but that doesn't stop him from extending the offer. Follow me. He knows how good you've done. He knows how you've worked. He knows how you've prayed. But he also knows there's other places he wants to take you to. And we've got to understand sometimes that just because we are lacking, it does not mean that he doesn't love us. And just because we are lacking, it doesn't mean that his love can't fill that gap and fill that void. And if we will just have faith and follow him anyway, He's not holding you back because you lack. He's saying, come on. I know you can do it. If you can do all this, now that you've met me, follow me. Now that you've come in contact with me and got in my presence, now that you've heard my voice, you've looked me in the eye, follow me. He wasn't just going to follow him for nothing. He said, you're going to have treasure. And you're going to get rewarded. You're going to be blessed. But he couldn't. Let go of his stuff. He was so sure that what he had done up to that point was enough that he didn't have to do anything else. Don't ever, ever get yourself into a place that you think you have preached enough or prayed enough or fasted enough or gave enough or cut the grass enough or cleaned the parking lot enough or whatever enough that you've sung enough or played enough or baptized enough that you don't have to answer the voice of the Lord. There is no place to stop. But we'll stop ourselves because we'll acknowledge our lack and hang on to what we've got in place of following him. 
Psalm 39 and 5 says that every man at his best state is altogether vanity. I don't care how good we think we are. Without him and without following him, it just won't add up. God knows you and me today. And at our very best, Lord, I've done all this from my youth. I see that, but there's one thing you lack. You know, one place in one recording of this story, the man asked the question, what else do I lack? He felt like, I've done it all. I've arrived. I'm where I need to be. But at our very best, we feel inferior. Somebody ought to said amen. Come on. It don't matter. You can be praying, reading, studying, witnessing. And when you're all by yourself, you say, man, I'm worthless. Like you had never done it. Come on. We, 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 we fall short of what we want to do. We feel deficient to do what God has called us to do. We fall flat on our face sometimes. We suffer need and are incomplete. And none of that stops him from loving you. Because his love is greater than your lack. At one point we have all lacked him. Not that he wasn't around, not that he wasn't available, but we were not acknowledging him or we had not opened the door to him or we had not let him uh, have his way in our life. Whatever you lack does not disqualify you from that amazing, unconditional love of God. Oh, help me to realize when God is calling me farther. Just because I feel like I can't, don't mean that he don't love me. Just because I'm struggling right now doesn't mean that he doesn't love me. He loved me before I ever knew him. And his love was greater than my lack. His love helped me when I was worthless. His love, his goodness drew me to the altar of repentance. It was his love for me hanging on that cross before I was ever in this world, that he shed his blood and gave his life. My lack does not disqualify me from the offer, but it is the reason for the offer. The woman at the well, five husbands, and a sixth man who was not her husband. Jesus knew all this before he got there. He knew all this while he was carrying on that conversation, and still he offers her living water. He knew her, all about her. He discerned her life. But he loved her and he offered her living water. He knew she was a sinner and yet uh, the woman that when he was at Simon's house, he came in to eat. He knew the woman that came in behind him was a sinner and still he allowed her to come in and wash his feet with her tears and wipe his feet with her hair because she recognized that this man loves people, that he forgives people. When you recognize that love, when you recognize how good he is, you'll realize uh, it doesn't make you forget how worthless you could be, but you realize that he's not looking at that. He's not, he didn't call me because I was the most sober. 
He didn't call me because I had never messed with drugs. He didn't call me because I had never stole anything or never lied or cheated or done awful, awful things. He didn't call me because I was picture perfect. He called me because he loved me. He called me because he knew if you'll come and surrender, if you'll lay down the things you think are so important, because these things that you've gathered up to you, you feel like you've got a lot going on, but really you're lacking in one area, and that's letting go of it all and following me. And when people can realize if they'll just let go, lay aside every weight, lay aside every sin. Lay aside the things that you, be like Paul and say, the things that I counted gain, now I count them but waste. They don't mean anything that I can have Christ. I want to press toward the mark. I want to make it home one day. I want to attain what's got a hold to me. I'm, I'm trying to get somewhere. But I can't do it holding on to stuff and holding on to my lack. Holding on to the things that only make a hole in my life. As long as those things are there, God can't move in. As long as I'm trusted in that, God can't have his way. But I know that when I came to him, I was worthless and I was a sinner. And, but he, he knew. He said, I, you don't even, he discerned what I could do. He knew better than me what I, I had no idea at that point, that night, at that altar, that one day I would pastor a church. I never realized I would be baptizing people in the name of Jesus or praying people through the Holy Ghost. I had no idea that I would get to travel to other countries and, and preach in other countries and do that. I had no idea what God had in store, but he did. But it'll go unrealized. It'll never happen as long as you hang on to your lack. And even after I started serving him, after I started studying, reading, and getting some revelation and getting some ideas, I, I, I couldn't just trust in that either because I had to go farther. I had to go to another place. Uh, well, I, I'm going to stay here and work until the Lord comes back. Oh, no, you're not. I'm going to do some things that's going to move you, and you're going to have to trust me, and you're going to have to go. And so we did. And then you're going to evangelize a while. You're going to preach here and preach there and do this and do that. And it's all trying to get you to a place. Everything he brought me through was to get me here, to get me to pastor in this church in Winterville, Georgia. I'd never even heard of Winterville, Georgia. Didn't know anything about Winterville, Georgia. Most of you all, I, I did not, most of the people in here, I did not even know until we started pastoring this church. A lot of you in here didn't know God the way you know God now. Until this church was birthed in this area. God knows what he's doing. But let me tell you, as long as we are rolling in our lack, as long as we are holding on to where we uh, examine ourselves and say, I can't because I don't have this or I can't because I don't have that, that's when you stop trusting God. I, it's like my security blanket. I got to hold on to it. This, it's my identity. Let me tell you, my identity is in him. Paul prayed and he craved for the church. He said, I am travailing until Christ be formed in you. I lost my identity in him. It's not about me. It's not about my name. It's not about uh, all I can do is what he can do. Greater is he that's in me. That means he's greater than me and greater than everything in the world. And if I can just submit to him, if I can be big enough to let go of my stuff, because let me tell you, God knows. And we feel so afraid to step out. 
we feel so afraid sometimes to let go of what we've held on to so long. That's lack. That's where we lack faith. We lack trust in him. And it doesn't stop. Even when we don't trust him, he loves us. Even when we don't step out, he loves us. When, when Peter said, hey, if that's you, bid me to come. And he said, come. Do you think he'd have loved Peter any less if he didn't step out? What if Peter's flesh, what if it, it had a red and Peter thought, nah. Don't think I will. Wish I could. Don't think I can. Jesus would have come on by the boat and said, your faith, your lack of faith is holding you back. I still love you. Because Peter showed places where he lacked a lot of times, and yet Jesus still loved him. Let me tell you, Jesus loves you. Oh, but I feel so worthless. I fall short, and, and I haven't done this, I haven't done that. Loves you. His love is greater than your lack. But listen, that doesn't mean he's okay with your lack. This young man walks away grieved. He walks away sad because he had great possessions and he can't let go of it. Jesus is not okay with that. He still loves him, but he's not going to change his mind. So that's okay. You just keep your stuff. Go ahead. I just, he's letting him know this is what it takes. This is what it takes that you'll have to Sell what you have. Give to the poor to have treasure in heaven. And then come take up the cross and follow me. You're going to have to follow me. You can't do your own works in your own little place and not follow me. Because if you're following me, I'm going to take you places you never thought you would be. I'm going to take you places and do things in your life that you never thought were possible. But as long as you are holding on to your stuff, you're walking away. Because you can't drag that stuff with you. By ourselves. Holding on to our stuff, we are incomplete. And then we look a lot of times at what we don't have and excuse ourselves from this life-changing love. Hoping that this will be enough. But then... We'll try to pack our lives with things that make us acceptable. I've done this. I've done that. But Jesus wants you just like you are. He don't want you, you know, these people that say, when I get my life right, I'll come to church. If they only knew what they could experience if they would just come like they are. If you would just come on now. Come just like you are. Oh, but I still got this going on in my life. I still got that. I, you know, well, when I quit drinking, I'll come. When I quit smoking, I'll come. Why don't you come let him help you quit that? Why don't you let him help you? Because you lack the strength to do it. You lack the power to do it. You lack the, the will to do it. But he loves you enough, and his love will make up that lack. In Romans 5, Paul said, For when we were yet without strength, when we didn't have the power, when we didn't have the ability to do what it took, when we lacked strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us. His love. 
was greater than our lack of strength. God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In Ephesians 2, Paul, this is the message to the church. He's writing to the church in Rome. He's writing to the church in Ephesus in in Ephesians 2, 4, and 5. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together with Christ. By grace, you are saved. Even when you lacked, he loved you. And his love was enough to change you. His love was enough to save you if you let him. You see, because those two passages are written to people who have experienced what God can do. It was written to the church at Rome and to the church at Ephesus, not to the man on the street. We need to remember tonight that uh, it's His love by itself, unrealized and unaccepted, will never save you. Jesus loved that man, knew where he was at, knew what he lacked, and that man turned and walked off. Well, just because he loved him, he he saved. No. People take John 3.16 and they've warped it. To make people believe because God loves the whole world that people are just saved. If you'd read the beginning of John chapter 3, you'd read some things that you need to do to be saved. To be born again, born of water and born of the Spirit. And we can have that new birth because He loved the world. And so we need to realize tonight that even though we lack some things, God still loves us. But He's not going to... Force you to fix that lack. But he's going to tell you how it can happen. He'll tell you how it can be done. In our life, there is a, the, you know, in every person's life, I guess, you've heard him say that there's like a, there's this God-shaped, if you could shape him, there's a God-shaped hole. There's a place in you, in your soul, there's a, uh, in your life that the things of this world will never, ever be able to feel in verse 24 when after Jesus this young man has walked away Jesus makes a statement actually verse 23 he tells his disciples how hardly shall they that have riches enter the kingdom of God and this was such a mind blowing statement that the Mark writes and the disciples were astonished why is it so amazing to them because we think rich people don't lack nothing. Because we think rich people have got it all. They ain't got to worry about keeping their power on. They ain't got to worry about paying bills. They ain't got to worry about if their car breaks down, they just write a check. It's just, you know, it's just change to them. Uh, we think that rich people have got it all. They don't lack nothing. But you can see in this world that ain't true. People with millions of dollars are so unhappy that they take their life. People that have millions of dollars end up going to prison because they can't get enough. They keep, they're hungry for it. They just got to have it and got to have it. And they, 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 they got to have it so much that they, they do illegal stuff to have it. Yeah. And it never satisfies. Always trying to get something else. Always trying to get more. Always trying to pull something in. Don't realize what they lack. What they need. It says the disciples were astonished. So Jesus kind of translates What he said in verse 23, this time he says, Children, how hard is it for them that trust 
And that word trust means to rely on or be pacified by. When you rely on riches of this world, you will not trust God. When you are pacified by the amount of worldly things you have and worldly things you do, you will not trust God and rely on God. And, and he said, how hardly shall they enter into the kingdom of God? And we pray every day, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. But the kingdom of God goes unrealized in people's lives every day. Because you can pray it. But until you can let go of your stuff, you'll never enter it. You'll never realize it. It'll never be available to you. He could desire it, but until he can let go of his stuff, he can't even enter into that. He said, how hardly shall they that trust in riches, when they rely on these things and trust in these things instead of trusting me, they'll never enter to the kingdom of God. It cancels out being able to see it happen. It don't work with the world's stuff. And I don't want tonight to let my lack of faith or my lack of trust in him, let me turn my faith and trust in the things of this world. I want to make sure that I'm trusting in him. In Proverbs 30 and 9, I know I didn't give you this, and you don't have to worry about pulling it up, but the writer there is saying, you need to feed me with food that's convenient for me. He said, don't let me be full or I might deny you and say, who is the Lord? And so I, I don't want to get so full of myself and full of the things of this world that, that uh, Jesus is looking at me and saying, I see all your stuff, but there's just there's one thing you're lacking. You could even believe that you are actually following him. and that you're, This guy believed he was okay. I've done all this from my youth. What else do I lack? I've done it all. And he was so sure that his riches, his wealth, his uh, commitment to keeping these commandments. And I mean, these are things that, yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't do. You know, he's like, I'm not a murderer. I don't steal. I got plenty of money. I don't have to. I didn't have to kill nobody to get it. You know, I got money. He's probably honoring his father and mother because that's probably where he got his money. So he said, I'm good. They, they blessed by me. You know, and he had convinced himself, but he still lacked. But even though he lacked, even though this guy was about to turn around and walk off, Jesus loved him. You hear what I'm saying? Jesus sees right where you are in your life right now. He sees every decision you're rolling over in your head and in your heart. And he knows if you thinking about hanging on and he knows if you're thinking about letting go and I want you to know that he loves you do you hear me he loves you and even when you feel unlovable when you feel like I'm not good enough I can't do this or or I shouldn't be doing this because I am just it's not me it's good for everybody else because they're better than I am quit comparing yourself quit uh looking at your lack and, and trying to God, you see, I'm not as good as they are. It ain't about being as good as anybody else. He loves you. He loves me. And he can use everybody. Every, if you're part of the body, every member has use. And some of it, you know, you know maybe some parts lack beauty. But they're still useful. You ain't never seen nobody with pretty elbows, have you? You're glad you got them. 
elbow, they lack beauty. But, buddy, glad I got them. Hey, ears. Sometimes ears can be kind of funny looking. Glad you got it, though, ain't you? There's a lot of things sometimes we look at and think, hmm, look at that nose. I'd rather have it. I could just keep going, couldn't I? But I'm not, before I lose y'all. What I'm trying to say is that we, we feel like we lack. Well, I don't have that. I don't, I don't have the, the, you know, the, the boldness to get up or say this. I, you know, I can't talk to nobody. Or I don't have the ability to, to play an instrument or to sing like that. And so I just, listen, Jesus knows all about your lack. But he ain't worried about this, 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 this talent stuff and, and ability stuff like that like you and I are. He, he looks past that. He says, if, if you're willing, if you're willing, I'm able to do something great in your life. A lot of times we'll say, well, I'm willing and able. You ain't able until he, he makes you able. If you're willing, he'll make you able. If you're willing, he's able. To do exceeding abundantly above whatever you can ask or think. That woman at the well, he told her, he said, you know, you keep drinking from this this place, you're going to thirst forever. You need something I've got. You'll always lack as long as you come here. If this is where you're trying to satisfy your soul, you will always be lacking. You need living water. And if, if you're trying to fill your life up with things, thinking that'll make me happy, that'll make me better, you will always find yourself lacking. You, if, if, because you know what you're doing? You're weighing stuff. And every time I think about people weighing things, I think about that scripture where the prophet told that king, said, you've been weighed in the balance, and now you're found wanting. You're, you're lacking. You're, you'll never, you'll never do, do enough. God doesn't weigh you like that. He doesn't weigh you at all. He sees, do you trust him? Do you love him? Are you going to walk with him? Colossians 2 and 10 says, and ye are complete in him. You will never find that completion, that, that feeling of lacking will never go away until you get in him. You are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. He loves us, but he won't force us to love him. He can't change who he is. He's love. God is love, and love always gives, and love's always reaching. Uh, with loving, because he loved us with an everlasting love, he said, I have drawn you with loving kindness. I'm, I'm always trying to get you because I love you. But if we love him, we'll keep his words, and we'll keep his commandments. In other words, if that ruler, you know, and that's the thing we find in this scripture, this, this story. We know that Jesus loves everybody. He didn't have to write this down, but for our advantage, for us to see, he wrote, and Jesus beholding him, loved him. Well, of course he did. He's God. He loves everybody. But he wants you to understand something, that Jesus loved him first. The guy never says he loves him. The guy never returns that love. You know how you return that love to God? If you love me, keep my commandments. You know what the commandment was to that guy that day? 
sell everything you got, give it to the poor, take up the cross and follow me. Jesus even gave him a little hint who he was. Why are you calling me good? There's only one good. That's God. He didn't debate it. He just said, do you know something? But I don't believe he knew it. I don't believe he knew it. The ruler asked, was given an answer, but he trusted in his riches more than the words of the one that he called master. He didn't just say, hey, rabbi, or I mean, uh, not rabbi, but he didn't say, hey, you know, you're a good guy. You're, you know, there's a lot of things people say you're a lot, all kind of different people, different prophets, all kind of things. They got a lot of names for you. But he called him good master. Master. Yeah, but he could, how do you call someone master and then walk away from what they tell you to do? Jesus told him one time, said, why, why do you call me Lord and not do the things that I say? And why are you calling me master when you know you're fixing to turn around and walk off? You know. Of course, I don't believe he ever thought. Maybe he, he, he figured Jesus was like a, a lot of these other religious people of the day. They like folks with money hanging around. He won't tell me anything. To sell everything you got. How, how are we going to exist? Come on, Jesus. You know you need a brand new camel to ride on. Oh, we're going to walk around. I don't, I don't have a place to lay my head. We're going to camp out in the wilderness. We're going to sleep around a fire. We're going to eat some locust or wild honey or something. We're going to be like John and just live it out in a while. Oh, no, I got to sleep in my bed with my pillows, and people's going to feed me grapes. And I know, man, you're some kind of preacher. You know, most preachers won't anything. I thought preachers want rich people around. I could help build your church, Jesus. I ain't building it like that. And you won't be satisfied either. Because he didn't just walk off and like, Psh. he said he was grieved. I really wanted to know something. I really wanted something from him. And it was tearing him up. He's walking off. Maybe, maybe tears are falling out of his eyes. I don't know. But he said, there is no way I'm letting go of my stuff. God, don't ever let my stuff get that kind of hold on me. Don't ever let the things of this world get that kind of hold on me where I would ignore your voice. I see it happen. When you're pastoring, you see it happen all the time. And if you've been in church any time, you've seen it happen all the time. I've seen people who love this truth, baptized, filled the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something. You stay away from it. You start ignoring it. You start letting other people dictate how you can live it. You'll walk away from it. And it ain't a sadder human ever than people that walk away from truth. They can lie and smile about it all they want to. They ain't nobody ever grieved like a person who walks away from God's truth. In 2 Corinthians 8 and 12. You can stand with me. I'm going to get ready to close, honey. You can come to the music. It's one of my scriptures that I, I dwell on often, remind myself of often. And remind other people of very often. 
Paul wrote to the saints in Corinth, he said, For if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man has, and not according to that he has not. In other words, if you're willing, God's not saying, Yeah, I know you're willing, but I see you don't have this, so that disqualifies you. He's saying, no, if there's a will in mind, then he'll take whatever you got, even if it's just you. Because it's accepted according to what you have, not what you have not. God said, I'm not looking at your lack and disqualifying you because I love you enough that I can cover that. Because once you come to me, you're complete. I don't care how you feel. Once you come to him, and ye are complete in him, he is completely able to use you. He is completely able to bless you. You When you come to him, when you repent of your sins, you're baptized in his name, you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you're born again, you are his child. And you are complete in him. Oh, Lord, I feel so useless. But you're not. Because I can do all kind of great things with you as long as you are willing. If you're willing, then I'm able. How many is willing? You got desires for ministry? Wanna just I just want to be able to witness better, Lord. I'd just like to be able to invite people to church and but I just feel like, you know, even Moses felt you got the wrong man I can't even talk I don't have the and God got upset with him alright I'm going to send Aaron with you but God was upset with him <laughs> because do you not understand what I can do with you do you not hear me talking to you out of a burning bush don't you know what I can do but Moses oh not me But when you're willing, God can do things. You know, Amos was a great prophet, but he, he went and prophesied and told the things that the Lord told him to tell. But when they started questioning him, he said, Hey, I was just working in the field. I ain't no prophet. But God called me to do it, and so I answered. Because I love the Lord, and I'll do what the Lord asks. And God made him. David didn't have no royal lineage in his household that he could, you know, where he could just stand up and say, "Yeah, I'll be the next king." He wasn't the son of Saul. He wasn't the son of the, but he was just a little old guy, smelled like sheep. And anything he lacked, as far as royalty or ability, God made it up because he was a man after God's own heart. And I don't know why after you've been filled with the Holy Ghost or maybe that ain't happened in your life yet but, but after you now know how much God loves you why would you ever do without? He loves you. Why would you do without? You are complete in Him. 
if you feel like there's a hole in your heart, if you feel like there's a hole in your life and there's something that's missing, then it's time to get with him. I'm talking to the saints. I'm talking about people that says, I've done this since my youth. But somehow I haven't quite crossed over into what God wants me to do. Then it's time to let go of the things holding you back. Lay aside the weights. Lay aside the sin. Whatever it is that's besetting you, that's putting you off. Get your eyes on him and follow him. It's time tonight to make a decision. Don't walk out of here grieved. Don't walk out of here with your head down. Don't walk out of here thinking, well, nothing changed. Tonight it can change because his love is greater than what you lack. Maybe you don't lack uh, the courage. God can help you tonight. Maybe you don't lack the, maybe you lack the finances. Well, God's able to bless you and give you a financial miracle. God can make up the difference. God is not going to love you or not going to not love you because of what you don't have. I don't have all the knowledge that pastors got. So I felt the same way when I sat in front of my pastor. How in the world does he stand up there and just preach like that? It's amazing. I could never, oh, I said it more than once. I'll never be able to do that. I will never be able to do that. Here I stand behind the same desk that he preached over. Here I stand. Let me tell you, God will make up the difference. I'm not eloquent. I don't have uh, uh, well you see sometimes I can't even think of words that I try to say I, I'm not uh, an eloquent speaker I know that but I know how to get things across because that's what God can do God has helped me do what I do and I could have said I can't do it I, I didn't go to Bible college I don't you know I never did this never did that God said I don't care about that are you willing And I said, you better know I'm willing, Lord. I am willing. God loves me just like I am. Remember when we preached a while back, what's in your house? That woman said, I I don't have anything but a pot of oil. And she was just belittling that. I lack the resources to keep my sons out of debtor's prison. I lack the resources to get us through this. No, you don't. What's in your house? Well, I've got this. Do you trust God? Start pouring. And he just kept pouring and just kept pouring and just kept pouring. Because if you're willing, God's able. He worked with people all the time who had some area of lack, but they became complete in him. They lacked eyesight, but they didn't lack faith. In him, they were complete, made whole. They lacked the ability to stand up and walk until he came by and their faith made them whole. They lacked the ability to breathe. They were dead. He worked with people that lacked all the time and he made them whole. He brought them back to life. He put them on the path. Why are you going to act like you so messed up that God can't help you? Why are you going to act like, well, my lack is too great and God, there ain't nothing that God can't do. If there is a willing mind, just have faith. And if you're willing tonight, if you are willing to say, God, I'm going to surrender my life to you. I will let go of the things. I'll be just like Paul. I'll be, he said to follow me 
uh, as I follow you. So, so I'm going to just follow Paul's example, and I'm going to lay aside things, and I'm going to get rid of the things that I've counted for gain, things that I thought this is what's going to define me. I'm getting it all out of the way so I can see you clearly and follow you. Yes. And God's love will make up the lack. While she's playing tonight, I'm going to open this altar for you to come and pray. The Lord loves you. And I promise you there's more for you than what you're thinking. God's got something for you tonight. But it's time to let go of the lack. It's time to give it to Him. God, step in. Complete me. Fix me. Make me whole. I've done this, Lord. I've obeyed this scripture. I've obeyed that. I've I've tried to be faithful in this and faithful in that, but I need to cross on over, Lord. I need to follow you. I need to follow you. Let him bless you in this house tonight. Oh 
lift our hands across this room and praise Him tonight. Lord, I'm laying it down to follow you. Hallelujah. I'm completing you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, the Kayala Bosataha. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to follow you, Lord. I've tried everything else. I've followed everything else. I've clung to this. I've clung to that. But tonight, Lord, I'm letting go so I can follow you. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. We're about to get ready. I'm, I'm fixing to go change. Sister Abigail wants to be baptized tonight in Jesus' name. We're going to do that. If you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, why not tonight? The water's going to be a little cold. I ain't going to lie to you. It's going to be a little cool. That'll be all right. But I'm going to tell you, once that, that water washes over your soul, the Bible says any man that be in Christ is a new creature. But you know how you get in Christ? You're baptized into him. We're buried with him in baptism. The scripture said as many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. You got to be baptized into him. So tonight, if you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, if you've repented of your sins, you said, I, I believe that he died for me, gave his life for me. If you believe that Jesus Christ, God manifested in the flesh, the Son of God died for your sins. If you believe that tonight, you can be baptized in his name and God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. That's being born of water and being born of the Spirit. We're going to get ready for that while they're playing. You continue to pray. And we're going to go get changed and get ready tonight. And if you need to, if you decide you want to do that, find somebody, Brother Nathaniel, one of these people across the front. Say, what do I need to go to change? What have I got to do? They'll pray with you for a moment. We'll get you ready. We'll baptize you in Jesus' name. Let's keep praying tonight, church.